Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell. I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs, and I've been in business since 1994. The purpose of this podcast is to get to the bottom of what works, why it works, and why things you may hear don't work. Hence the name Method to the Madness. I say it all the time when I point things out to people. Today, I'm going to talk about body composition. Before I get to that, let me thank Jonathan and Lynn Gilden of the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. They currently have over 280 five-star reviews on Zillow. They are consummate professionals. Both Lynn and Jonathan have degrees in business. Lynn, an MBA. Jonathan, a specific degree in real estate from Florida State, they are both professionals. I think that is so important. I stress that a lot. If you need any help with real estate, give them a shout at 386-451-2412. So let's talk about body composition. Body composition is one of the five health components to physical fitness. The other four being flexibility, muscular strength, muscular endurance, and cardiorespiratory fitness. So these are all called the five health components because all five impact your health. There are also six performance components, and those are more related to how you function in sports or really your activities of daily living. But these are specific to health, and body composition is one of them, so it's very important. Now, one of the most common ways people measure this, they measure it incorrectly and they use weight. Now, weight is not a bad measure. As I've spoken about before, there's research that shows that people that weigh often, like daily, maintain their weight a lot longer than those that don't. And I also talked about, though, for people that have had different forms of disordered eating than Weighing yourself every day probably isn't a good idea, but I have spoken about weight being a good metric, and it is. I don't mean to contradict myself here, and I'm not, but weight is not body composition. Weight is weight. When we weigh ourselves, we're weighing everything. We're weighing our bones. We're weighing our muscles. We're weighing our fat, we're weighing our organs, we are weighing what we've eaten, what we've drank. So weight all by itself is pretty limited. Now, others use BMI, body mass index, but really that's nothing more than a glorified height-weight chart. And the medical population uses it because, you know, it is easy It's easy to lump somebody into a category. And the research shows that for the general population, non-athletic, it works out pretty well. And again, all it is is a height-weight metric. In the old days, they called it a height-weight chart, right? Well, now they call it BMI, body mass index. But it still does not take into account muscle mass. So, for example, if you take, say, a six-foot... 200 pound wide receiver or running back or whatever playing football 
low percentage of body fat. Well, how do you know you can look at him? But if you take that height and weight, he's going to be considered obese. Clearly, he's not. So BMI is very limited. Anybody over a 30 BMI is considered obese. 35 is type 2 obesity. And over 40 is considered morbid obesity. Again, general population, it's okay. But for anybody that works out or athletic population, BMI is not effective at all. So we like to use body composition. And body composition is just basically separating the muscle from the fat. And that's literally what it does. We're able to denote the body fat percentage and take muscle out of the equation. That's what body composition is. So when we check body fat, we like two specific numbers. We like the amount of lean body mass, LBM, and fat body mass, all right, FBM. We like those two numbers along with the body fat percentage. Now, before I get a little more into that, let me talk about different ways. The most common way you see getting body fat measured these days is called bioelectrical impedance. Now, in the old days when I was in college, it literally was this fancy computer that you would hook electrodes up to people to check and you would check like their fingertips at one end and their toes at another. And you can run a body fat screening that way. That's bioelectrical impedance. What it does is it measures how long the electricity gets from one part of the body to the other, wherever the electrodes are hooked up. And the leaner you are, the faster it goes. Nowadays, it's even simpler. We have handheld, which we do use sometimes because they're very non-evasive. And I'll get back to explaining that in a second. But then there's also the scales that people are buying and you stand on and it tells you your body composition. Now, they are, all of these body, bioelectrical impedance mechanisms are very inaccurate. There's a standard deviation of nine to 11 points. That's huge. I mean, that means if you are, if it comes out at 22% body fat, you literally could be somewhere around 11 or 31. I mean, that's not even close. All right. So they're very inaccurate. Okay. Now, another way is skinfold calipers. Skinfold calipers are what most exercise professionals use. The reason is, is because they're far more accurate than bioelectrical impedance. There's only a standard deviation of 3.5 and any error comes in user error. So if the technician is trained to do it properly, they, they are 3.5% or better accurate. That's a lot better than 11 to 9%, right? Um, so the only cons with them is there is some user error, but the pros are they're more accurate, but they are a little more invasive. So I said I was going to get back to that. What that means is that oftentimes when somebody starts up working out and they get with a professional, they're not always too keen on lifting up their shirt and pulling their shorts up, especially if they're overweight, they're going to feel really uneasy. So a lot of times people use 
the Omron, I should say people, the exercise professionals will use the Omron body fat mechanisms because you just hold it. So if you ever go to like a health fair, and I've done that before, you just simply hand them and they can get an idea of their body fat. Um, so that's why they're used that way. So they're very non-invasive. Now, skin fold calipers are more invasive. Once the client feels more comfortable, then we typically will check their body fat using that. Now, we also must say that the skin fold calipers are not accurate when somebody is obese. So we have to use our best judgment. If somebody is obese, we simply factor in maybe using the bioelectrical impedance or maybe just using the scale. So there's, a, there's an art and a science to qualified personal training with this stuff. But let me get back to body composition. So, so far we have skin full calipers. They're far more accurate. They're used by professionals who are trained professionally. And we have bioelectrical impedance, which again, isn't very accurate. Now, getting out of our realm, we do have other ways to check body fat. When I say we, medical professionals will use a DEXA scan. And exercise professionals can be trained on that as well. But they're very expensive. That's like if you go get a bone density it's the same type of equipment. Now, it's very accurate. I mean, it's a less than one point standard deviation, so it is very accurate, but hardly anybody has them. And to get them done, that's going to be really expensive. I'm sure at least $150 just to walk in and get it done if you can find somebody to do it. But a DEXA scan is the most accurate for sure. And it even breaks down where your body fat is like it will literally tell you what the percentage is in your thighs and arms and other areas of your body now when i was in college at ucf working on my exercise physiology degree when i got my masters the gold standard was considered hydrostatic wane and that is based on archimedes principle where essentially fat floats and density doesn't so muscle sinks and it was based on that principle and what you would do is you would dunk somebody essentially in a water tank and the water would rise to a certain level and you can literally pull up their body composition their body fat so that was considered the gold standard back in the day the most accurate it still is accurate it's just not quite as accurate as DEXA and very, very time consuming and uncomfortable. You have to tell somebody to blow all their air out. You dunk them down. Their head doesn't go under the water, but still, it's, it's still an uncomfortable test. And somebody particularly has to be in their bathing suit. Or it, I mean, you know, for a college lab, it's a good test, but for the general population, not very feasible at all. And where are you going to find them these days? You'd have to find them at a university lab. Finally, there's MRI screens, just like you would get for, um, you know, joint injuries or whatever. But again, I don't know too many physicians that are going to do body composition or that you want to pay $2,000 to get an MRI to determine your body fat. So that kind of leaves us with good old skin fold calipers for the most accurate and BMI, the Omron handhold 
handheld handles if we're in a hurry or we want to be non-invasive. But throw the scales out. The things you step on, garbage does not work. Now, let's talk about body composition. It's important. Like, we should know our body fat levels more than the weight because we want to know how healthy we are in that regard. Muscle's healthy. We don't want to lose weight and sacrifice muscle. So when we get our body fat checked and we start working out, then, and we have checked it, as I said, a pretest, so to say, and we start working out, we lose weight, and we go back and check, and we see that the majority of what we lost was fat. That's great. We want to hold on to as much muscle as possible because as we age, we lose muscle. Now, if we work out, we lose less. But if we don't work out, we lose quite a bit. And that is called sarcopenia, age-related muscle mass loss. We don't want that. None of us want that. Studies show that muscle is a driver. And as people age, the more muscle they have on their body, the healthier they are. And it is the number one driver of metabolism. The more muscle you have, the faster your metabolism is. You know, all these gimmicks out there, all this crap, oh, take these supplements, will speed up your metabolism. I've even heard people think that if they eat salsa or spicy foods, it speeds up their metabolism. Or if they make themselves hot, they're speeding up their metabolism. Or if they make themselves cold, they're speeding up their metabolism. I mean, it's ridiculous stuff. I mean, when you're cold, you shiver, so you're burning more calories, but that has nothing to do with speeding up your metabolism. The only way we speed up our metabolism is by adding muscle. We want to add muscle. Now, when people diet and they don't strength train and they just lose weight, they lose about 50% fat, 50% muscle. If they're on a low-carb diet, they lose even more muscle. So I can always tell when somebody is doing it the wrong way. I can check their body fat, check their weights, and see that a lot of what they lost was muscle. I have seen people lose more muscle than fat when dieting, doing a lot of cardio, and sacrificing carbohydrates. That's the wrong way to go. The right way to go is to eat a balanced diet, protein, carbs, some fat, strength train, do cardio, yes, not excessively, cut calories, and you will lose fat and you will retain your muscles. So it's important. We want to always watch our body composition, okay? So... Somebody asked the other day. People ask all the time. What am I talking about? Somebody asked the other day. People ask all the time. It's a good question. What's a good level? Well, it does depend a little on your age, but, you know, not really. I mean, percentage of body fat is percentage of body fat. But, I mean, as we age, we do tend to lose muscle. So, it is harder to be as lean as we were when we're younger, for sure, but still percentages are percentages. So 
We've always told people that average for a male is around 15%. Now, when we say average, we mean like, I hate to be this way, but it's really true, like average 20 years ago. Now, like, I mean, we're obese. I mean, America is 60 to 70% overweight and obese. So it's like average today would actually be thin. But when we're really talking average, it's around 15% for males and 25% for women, give or take. Um, lean is when you get into that 10% category for men and 20% for women. And really lean is between 5 and 10% for men and 15 to 20% for women. Now, essential fat for men is 3.3, meaning they can never go lower than 3.3%. Essential fat means the fat around the organs. For women, it's around 7 to 9%. So women are always going to carry roughly 5% more body fat. That's normal. And I think it's pretty obvious with reproductive tissue why. But it's normal to be for a woman to be about 5% heavier. Now, when I say essential fat, we never want to get close to that. It's not healthy to get there. Like it's healthy to get into that lean category, but not extra lean. So like you start to have like abs and all that. If you're a guy like around 12% or so and really shows up nice around 10 and under and for women between 15 and 20, that's great if you're really worried about aesthetics, but lower isn't better. Like when we get close to essential fat, we start to have a lot of hormonal issues. We can have bone breakdown. Like we don't want that. We can get sick often. So we don't want to be super shredded, so to say, all the time. Let me give you a little personal example of that. When I was 27, I did my first bodybuilding competition. And I yeah, I worked hard, I, I dieted, I did my cardio, did my strength, I went and I competed and I did well. And afterwards, I was in my master's program at the time at UCF in exercise physiology. I was happening, happening at the time to be taking a class on assessment and measurement. So we went and we all assessed each other. It was called the Champus Assessment, if I remember correctly. Anyway, first time I'd ever had my body fat taken, and it was with skinfold calipers. And I remember I was 3.3 or something like that percent body fat. Like, I was right around essential fat. I wasn't trying to be at that point. The competition was over. I had already tried to refuel and eat more and all this kind of stuff. But... And this is like maybe a week or two, probably a little bit longer after. I remember for about a year really having trouble putting weight on. And I don't advocate eating a crappy diet because I don't. But man, I was eating a lot that year. I was at UCF. I was. I remember I would eat two two lunches at least, two pretty full lunches. I wasn't like super, super careful. I always try to eat healthy, but... I was definitely eating more junk food than I normally would because I was a little concerned. I was cold all the time. I was getting sick often. And I had like really kind of just crushed my body down, my immune system. And then I did regain like maybe um, 10 pounds after that and remained pretty much around there, which was a good weight for me. But 
like the competition weight was just too lean. And it's not like I really did it on purpose. I just kept training and had no real clue. I probably, if I had calipers and all that at that point, prior to all that, I would have, uh, you know, quit cutting. But in any event, we cannot, we can get ourselves too lean and not feel very healthy. And you see that with triathletes and runners sometimes too. But the moral of the story is body composition is good and we do want to measure it and we do all want to strive to get to that average lean category. Not under lean, not extra lean. Average lean, like that is a good goal for everybody. Not everybody can get there. There are like genetic factors that say somebody may not get lean. They can get average lean, like they can get a to a very healthy weight. And I wish everybody would strive to get to that level of healthy weight and healthy body composition. Everybody can get there. Not everybody can get ripped for a male or a female. There's a lot of genetic factors in there. Of course, there's training, but as far as how lean, how ripped and all that, there's genetic qualities. But everybody can get better and should strive to have a healthy body composition, okay? I'll probably talk a little bit more about this because body composition is important and I don't think I covered everything in it because I like to keep the podcast around 20 minutes. So I will come back to it. Let me just say this, clients, friends, whatever, you want your body composition done, hit me up, happy to do it. I think it's a great assessment. I do skin full calipers. I plug it into a computer program I have, I give you a nice report and I can tell you where you're at. All right. Now let me thank Overhead Door of Daytona Beach. Jeff and Zach Hawk are the local owners. You may hear their commercials on the radio that say they go up and they go down. And that's exactly what we want from our equipment, right? We want it to work. That's the most important thing. They have the best customer service. They have the best garage doors. If you need any help with that, check them out at OverheadDoorDaytona.com.